Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez, on today's episode to go over a very interesting bit of a controversial topic um, that not all Broncos websites, podcasts, every, not, not everybody wants to talk about it because it is a bit of a, you know, a dicey, spicy, um, you know, topic and subject to talk about. Um, it's should the Denver Broncos consider a rebuild as soon as like this season, like within the next few weeks? I know a lot of people are entertaining about it. I've already wrote two enter- uh, t- or two, excuse me, articles about it via predominantly orange. Um, and a lot of fans are kind of already you know, all their hopes of sword on the season after starting 0-3 and a very embarrassing defensive showing to the Miami Dolphins uh, in Hard Rock, losing 70-20. to Obviously, we had a reaction here on the show. Um, we're just kind of laughing away the tears because that's all you can really do at that point. It's just an absolute disaster of a game by the Broncos. But we're here on the show to kind of discuss all the different perspectives and angles of how the Broncos can move forward after a loss of that stature. Um, but before we go and jump into uh, today's very interesting episode, Jordan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing a bit better. I, I've kind of gone over that Sunday game. You know, it's kind of an anomaly at this point and uh, just moving on. To- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sunday, just moving on to Sunday against the Bears. But yeah, I've seen a lot of rebuilding talks uh, going on on social media now. Yeah, it's I mean, and like you said, just moving on to Sunday, that's all you can really do covering this team. You can't really, you know, hang your hat on um, something like that after what that happened last week. But um, like you said, uh, very interesting with all this rebuilding stuff everybody's talking about. Um, I know a lot of Broncos fans right now are already ordering pre-ordering their custom Caleb Williams jerseys in the orange and blue. Um I personally, he, we we're all on the show. We're huge fans of Caleb Williams. I'm I'm pr- pretty sure everybody is. Um, yeah. But it's just a matter of like, what do the Broncos have to do to get him? And is it even like re- in the within the realm of reality of us actually holding the first overall pick in next year's draft? I mean, Sean Payton, obviously, with his competitive nature, you can't really imagine him purposely losing games. Um, it just doesn't seem very, uh, you know, fitting for what he has uh, done his t- in his time in New Orleans. If he would actually come and do something like that his first year here in Denver, um, but I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on tanking in general and rebuilding the NFL? Because so many fans are like split on this. I know uh, it's probably more, you know, more so leaning with fans uh, leaning towards, uh, you know, wanting to tank. Um, but there's a lot of people. Uh, I, I know specifically, you believe um, that tanking uh, is not really like a myth, but like. It's very. We all know it's very, very hard to do. But you believe that uh, you know teams should not do it, um, and definitely not the Broncos. So, what are your thoughts on tanking and uh, rebuilding in the NFL? Yeah, like you said, I've mentioned it on previous episodes. I'm not a big believer in tanking. Uh, I don't think it's a real thing in the NFL just because you know these are professional athletes trying to get paid. They have to put out good tape every single week, so it's already yeah. hard enough to do that. But in terms of tanking, I'm not a big fan of that at all, and I do not think. The Broncos should be even in that mindset to begin with. I know it's three losses. I know the way we lost against Miami, but it is a 50-point loss, but it only counts as one loss. It feels like it's like a 10 losses for just that one game, but it's only one loss. I think if we lose to the Bears, 
and we do find ourselves 0 and 4, I think that's when you can have a serious conversation about not tanking, but just rebuilding in general uh, and trading away some of the uh, some of our certain guys that we'll be talking about later. But in terms of tanking, not a big uh, guy on that. And I mean, you can see with the Cardinals this year, they were supposed to tank, right, with Jonathan Gannon as their head coach, and they didn't know really what was going to happen with their quarterback. You can make a good argument that they could be three and zero because they lost that first yeah. game by inches, and then the second game was a very close game too. So that's all you need to know about tanking. Teams don't tank in the NFL. So if anything, rebuilding for the Broncos is in question. I don't think they should do it as of right now, but certainly uh, an option going forward if the season really does go like in a downward spiral. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this on uh, Thursday, September 28th, so there's just a few days away from week four, uh, game day against the Chicago Bears. Um, and obviously they're not going to trade anybody right now, but like my question for you is, um, and I'm, I'm on the same page with you with like tanking and all that, um, although I will say, because like if you're going to tank, you obviously have to commit to rebuild. I mean, that's just obvious. Yeah. But if you're going to tank and uh, if you're going to rebuild, especially in the Broncos situation, like you said, if you lose to the Bears on Sunday, man, and you start off 0-4, I mean, I said it in my article uh, that went up this morning. If you start off 0-4 and lose to the Chicago Bears offense and Justin Fields and that offense hangs like 30, maybe even 40 on your head, like at that point, I know you already alluded to it a little bit, but would you finally like say, all right, the Broncos need to begin a fire sale? Is, like, is that the point when you say that? Cause like my whole thing that I was saying, I think it's 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 gonna be like even if we beat the Bears and we lose to the Jets, I feel like they still should start a fire sale. I mean, you start off one and four, that is horrible. So my my circumstance is if the Broncos lose to the Bears and or Jets, they should start trading some star players away. Yeah, I think it it will come down to that point. I think they have to be two and three going to that Thursday night game against the the Chiefs because I can only imagine the storylines going into that, but. If we do lose one of these two games coming up, I do see a scenario where I think just a couple of players can get traded. I don't think everyone will get traded because I don't think Sean Payne would want a total rebuild. I think he would rather want a retool uh, of a certain extent. I know fans have been saying, oh, but we've been retooling for all these years. But we've retooled with Nathaniel Hackett with only one year, and that was already a disaster. And then we were doing with Vic Fangio, but we really never had an offensive coordinator and an offense to really compete. I think if we retooled with Champagne a bit, I think it would look a lot different, especially on the defensive side of the ball and, and still the offense and upgrading and improving in certain areas. So I think I'm more you know, looking towards that department, retool, retooling and that rebuilding. See, I'm going to have to – side with the fans on this one i feel like and you know champagne does play a difference but we've just like so many years in a row we've reloaded and not rebuilt it's just always reloading finding a temporary option at quarterback finding this at this position i mean have we when's the last time we actually the broncos organization really tried to like rebuild the team like we see so many teams successful with these yeah i mean you saw the dolphins they basically they, they basically admitted to tanking they literally had the whole tank for two agenda their owner stefan ross literally got suspended like it was very obvious at that point um and look look where they are now 
I'm not saying to be successful, you have to tank and you have to rebuild. I'm not, I don't like tanking. I hate seeing my team lose, but rebuilding, I'm actually on board if we do lose this Sunday. Like, I'm going to be completely honest. We start off 0 4. I hate to say it on here. The season isn't officially over mathematically, but only one 0 4 team in NFL history has ever made the playoffs. So at that point, you just have to admit where you went wrong. Like, Sean, George Payne, like we said, fired. I mean, uh, it most likely won't be in season, obviously, um, but he'll be fired after the season. A lot of other other guys in the upper office will be fired. Um, Van Joseph will be fired. Other defensive coaches will be fired. Um, offensive staff will most likely stay the same because the offense has been actually above average through the first three weeks, and I, I assume they're gonna you know hang at least like. 30 i'm they got to hang at least 30 on the bears defense they're second to us and as the worst defense in the nfl um so yeah that's that's kind of my whole take on it um i'm just like at this point man i'm just so tired of like just reloading every year and seeing the same results like if we and i'm not saying trade everybody like in my opinion these are the players that and i want to ask you these are the players that I would be fine with trading if something if it goes horribly wrong this Sunday. And even if we win this Sunday, like and it's not super convincing, but we lose to the Nathaniel Hackett, Zach Wilson Jets offense at, at Denver, at Denver the next week at home. I mean, what's the last time we won a home game? Holy cow. I, I think it was against the Chargers. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But if that does happen, man, I'm fine with trading Garrett Bowles, uh, Cortland Sutton, um, Josie Jewell, if somebody will take him on his last year of his contract, which is probably not likely, but I mean, I'm sure a team will, a contender will be looking for a starting linebacker and he'll be right in the, he'll be really good in the right defense. We saw Josie Jewell had a really good year last year. And then count, I mean, not countless other players, but uh, some more players as well. I mean, at this point, man, I'm just tired of reloading and not rebuilding. Um, and I hate to see my team lose, but at this point, if we want to get in contention for Caleb Williams or an, an actual, I mean, and the whole thing, and I know J Mac has brought it up on the show and he's going to, he's going to watch this clip and clown me, but I'm, I'm so on board with getting Caleb Williams, doing whatever we can to get Caleb Williams in this draft. He is a, a difference maker. Would you rather have a good Russell Wilson, a top, he's obviously playing like a top 10 quarterback right now. He's the same stats as Mahomes. A lot of people will ignore that. Would you rather have a top 10 quarterback in Russell Wilson for the next three years, or would you have the potential of Caleb Williams contending for Super Bowls on your roster for the next 15 years? Like, I'm taking the Caleb Williams route and trading PS2. Obviously, a lot of people are debating on whether or not you should get those picks and then, you know, using those picks to trade up for Caleb Williams. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, trade, trading Sertan. Um, you know, would get you up to that number one spot with Caleb Williams. But whatever, whoever has the first overall pick isn't trading down. They're taking Caleb Williams regardless. But exactly. um, that's just kind of where I stand. Yeah, I, I think to your whole point and kind of just like to rebuttal a bit, when the Dolphins were, you know, tanking, they did it. Like their situation is different than ours right now, right? Like let's say if we were to go in like full tank mode uh, per se, like the Dolphins at the time didn't have a – 235 million dollar quarterback like we have and russ so their cap situation was a lot different than ours we would have to eat some dead cap if we were going to go on to a full rebuilding uh you know mode in denver and i it, the situation there is just a bit different i would say more i know you said you're tired you know you're tired of retooling and reloading it seems like every other year i think the only argument against that would be when we reloaded and retooled with, let's say, Vic Fangio, and then I don't, I don't even want to say you retooled with Daniel Hackett because that was just a mess to start off with. 
but those coaches didn't really have a plan for the future. And it seemed like they were always on the hot seat a bit, even with, with Hackett, like in the beginning of the season, once we started to really fizzle out, like we already knew that this could lead to like a firing at the end of the season. So like, there was no real plan for the future, even if we were to retool every year with them and kind of reload some assets with them. But Champagne, he at least has a plan in place for Denver. So that's why I'm a little bit more, um, I would say, you know, interested in a retool of Champagne because he knows what he's going to be doing. He's not obviously on the hot seat. He has a foolproof plan for Denver. That's why I would lean more towards a rebuild and retool with him because, first of all, he knows what he wants. He knows how to win in the NFL, and there's a long-term plan with him. So that that would be my only argument against that. Yeah, and I I mean, I agree with that. You, you didn't say anything wrong. And another thing is, like, for anybody saying that, why draft Caleb Williams? I mean, I know this has been mentioned on this pod. Like, why draft Caleb Williams? How does that solve our defensive problems? Well, I mean, how does drafting a 22-year-old corner, 22-year-old line uh, edge rusher solve our defensive problems? Like, what is one first-round pick defender going to do? Caleb Williams, on the other hand, will give you 15 more years of good football at, court, at with quarterback play. So I think it's really hard to come by franchise quarterbacks, um, but that isn't really like the argument here. I mean, if Caleb Williams is within your reach, you got to do whatever you can to get him. Um, obviously, like I said, uh, first overall pick, whoever holds that pick is getting Caleb Williams. I don't think that's really an argument um, unless for whatever reason, a team with a franchise quarterback that they're very, very confident in somehow just starts losing a lot of games and has the first overall pick. Not likely, but I still think regardless, Caleb Williams goes number one. Um, so, my question for you, and I already uh, touched on it a little bit, but who are like some of your play, some of the players on the team that you would be fine dealing away if the Broncos did come to the uh, situation where uh, Sean Payton and ownership sits back, has a meeting, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we've lost too many games. We're one and four, one and five. And like like I was talking about early on, like if the Broncos lo- if the Bronco even if the Broncos beat the Bears and the Jets, like you have the Chiefs twice, you have the Bills, you have the Packers. And it just doesn't get easier from there on out. So, like, what reason do I have to believe that the Broncos are going to actually win, like, a lot this year? I mean, they really got to get things get going defensively. But before I ramble on more, like, who are some of the flair- players that you would be fine dealing away if the Broncos do decide to begin a fire sale? So if they do begin a fire sale and they go all in on a rebuild, you you are going to have to give up a lot of, you know, players that Broncos country I fell in love with and – uh Listen, I know there's been the speculation about Justin Simmons and if he's going to be on the trade market if this scenario does happen. And as much as I don't want it to happen, I think we could see the tea leaves a bit already this early into the season. I think it was James Palmer on the NFL Network that just reported that he may be on the market if it does get to that point. So I think that's one obvious one. Again, I don't want that to happen. But if James Palmer's already reporting it now on September 28th, you already know that there's something brewing over there. Hopefully, you know, we can win our next two games and we can just not even have that conversation and really just get back into the season. But again, if it does go into a full rebuild mode, Justin Simmons will have to be one of them. I think Garrett Bowles will have to be another one of those guys. I think it'd be easier to move on with Bowles, especially let's say like to the Packers because Bakhtiari just got on the IR. So he's out for like four more games and he may be out for the season. So I think that's like an easy, uh, I don't want to say let go, but uh, I think the Packers would be like very interested in Bulls. 
Another player is Cortland Sutton. I think we've all known that Sutton has been uh, close to being dealt out out of Denver. Uh, He was close to going to the Ravens in the offseason. So I think he's another one. Um, In terms of players I would keep, I know people have had speculation about uh, PS2 leaving. That that's not gonna happen. I don't think he's gonna be gone. I, I hate people, people that are that are actually throwing that idea out. It does not make any sense. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think people understand that they won't get the compensation they think they'd get for PS2. I think uh, Benjamin Albright also said that too. Yeah, and I actually be- believe that as well. I think people are just not overvaluing uh, PS2, but just maybe a little bit unrealistic type compensation for PS2 a bit. I don't think he's going anywhere. Again, I think Marvin Mims is an easy stay. Uh, Javante is an easy stay. I know people have been trying to trade Judy since his rookie year, but I think he's a stay too, especially with how Champagne has used him now in the offense. He's coming out of the backfield. He's, he look, he's looked good with them. So yeah, I, don't, I think those guys are safe, but I think the rest are you know inclined to be moved on from Denver, especially someone like Randy Gregory as well. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely up there. And um, I th- think you mentioned Javante Williams. I mean, that's an obvious one that would, I mean, if they could get something out for him, then th- they would. I mean, it's a running back position. I hate to say I'm a big Javante fan. Everybody knows. Um, but if, if you can get something good for our, our running back, that's not very highly valued in NFL. I mean, it's an easily replaceable position. So the Broncos would do it. Um, that pained me so much to say. Um, players. That I think the Broncos absolutely would keep though are Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. Even on McGlinchey's massive contract, I think Sean Payton. Those are Sean Payton signings. He doesn't. He sees something in them. He signed him those big contracts for a reason. I mean, they're some of the highest paid players at their position for a reason. He's he loved their tape, um, and I think it's way too early in the season for them to be counted as trade bait. Um, but some like controversial ones you mentioned ps2 i 100 agree with you this doesn't make any sense i mean even the if I, I always think about the uh when pre- people bring it up i think about the jamal adams trade from new york to seattle and they got two first which is a i mean hindsight that's an absolute steal um by the jets uh, i mean steal of the century it's seahawks fans want to talk about robbery of a trade but look at that anyways um I always think about that, and like even if the Broncos get do, do get two first for PS2, they got to be really really high picks for me to even consider that. For me to even consider that, I still wouldn't do it at that point. I'm not gonna lie, because like how am I gonna believe that two like 22 year old, 21 year old, 23 year old defense, you know, defensive playmakers or whoever the player is is gonna actually replace like half of what PS2 is in the NFL? I mean that that. Getting PS2 at number nine is still one of our biggest deals in recent, you know, draft memory by the Broncos. So, um, like you said, I just wouldn't even think twice about um, making that trade. Would not do it at all. Um, and Jerry Judy is a really big controversial one, and I like that me and you are on the same page about that. Um, so many people I see on the timeline right now are just talking – involving him in all the trade talks involving him and um i even think there's a rumor that came out recently that the the panthers were inquiring about p- potentially acquiring jerry judy i can't and you know, i can't believe i'm actually hearing this stuff the dude has been butt naked wide open in that miami game he had 81 yards obviously most of them are in garbage time but he's still an obviously very special player we saw him get open on multiple occasions and while his injuries are still you know, a little bit of a lingering concern. Um, I still think he's one of the best route runners in the NFL, in my opinion, the best. You can't just trade away a player like that who's gone through so much. And if he wants to, if he wants to, you know, be traded, 
then, I mean, at that point, you have to respect his wishes. You have to. I mean, you can't just hold him hostage. I mean, that, this is literally holding a player hostage because what this team is going through right now is literally like jail time. But um, anyways, uh, you have to respect his wishes if he does demand a trade. But, I mean, in all honesty, I would rather keep Jerry Judy. He is a cornerstone of this team if you can actually utilize him properly. And if Russell Wilson can actually make him his first read rather than Cortland Sutton, get him involved early in the game, he can actually you know be something for you. And I know he hasn't lived up to that hype production-wise, but if you actually game plan him schematically for your offense, Jerry Judy will be a huge uh, factor as to how this how successful our offense is um, for years to come and that's my reason for why I would personally keep Jerry Judy and not trade him away unless the team is like miraculously willing to give up like a top first round pick yeah I think at that point you would have to consider it just a bit but just the way Champagne has used used them so far just coming out of the backfield has been pretty awesome he should have had that one touchdown but it was a legal shift and then just all the other stuff I think Everyone wants to compare him to, you know, his draft mates in 2020 and how they've, uh, you know, thrived there. But, you know, situations are situational. And I think Justin Jefferson in Minnesota was, like, perfect. They literally build an offense around them. Uh, Judy came in with Pat Shermer. Then he had to deal with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, we already knew what he had to deal with over here. So if we really tailor to our, to his strengths and really feed him the ball, I think him and Marvin Mims are two great pieces to start off in that wide receiver room. And, like, Marvin Mims and Judy combined for 12 targets in that Dolphins game, and Sun had 11 by himself. So I think that can't happen going forward. I mean, Mims and Judy are two most dynamic players on offense. I think they need to get the ball a lot more, and I think you got to keep Judy at this point. Everyone knows how big of a guy I am for Judy. I think he has to be part of the solution going forward, especially with him finally having an offense and coach in Champagne. So we've talked so much about, you know, the players that we would include if a fire sale happens or the players that we wouldn't include, um, you know, obviously what needs to happen for the Broncos to uh, come to the assumption or come to the, uh, you know, reality that they do have to begin a rebuild. But what would have to have to happen in your eyes for the team to actually have like hope for the rest of the season as a playoff contender? Like what? Which, like obviously we can all say the easiest answer like win win all these next football games but like which specific football games in the ne you know next few you know games of the schedule are you kind of like eyeing as like must must wins for the Broncos I think we can all agree that starts by winning on Sunday but as a as a, you know a collective amount of uh, games like what record do they have to stand at like by the 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 trade deadline or at least the bye week Okay so Obviously, we have to start off with a win on Sunday against the Bears. And then that win against the Jets, us going 2-3 and three into Thursday night at Kansas City. If somehow, some way, we break that streak and we're on a three-game winning streak. Yeah. Just, and we all know how bad that streak of Kansas City and us was at 15, 16 games at this point. If that happens, we get back to 500. I think Denver has all the momentum going forward. I think that's when fans can start getting that hope again. I can only imagine what the timeline is going to be because if we rattle off three straight, snapping that streak of Kansas City, I mean, that that timeline will be insane just because three weeks before that, we were just talking about having a full rebuild. So I think these three games in particular, that Kansas City game on Thursday, very key because – we get into that 3-3 uh, mark, 500. 
that that'd be uh, something special. Yeah, that would. I mean, talk about rallying a football team. That's especially after what happened against the Dolphins. I think you can consider that one of the biggest rallies in NFL history. If they do, obviously, if they do go on with winning, uh, winning football games, that'll be key um, in building off of that. But um, just overall, like your confidence for the rest of the season, do you think they could actually go to three and three? I know this this week is going to be a big telling factor, but at the same time, it is the Bears' offense. So, like, if the Broncos' defense looks good, like. How are you feeling going into uh, you know that um, that Packers matchup and then the Chiefs twice and the Bills like that looks very tough and obviously if the Broncos um, start you know trading away players that's going to make them even worse defensively and if Vance Joseph can't pick things up the Broncos could very well be on their way to a, a Caleb Williams type selection you never you never really know it doesn't seem realistic and honestly you dream of having that first overall pick and. I would love to have, you know, I'm a huge draft guy. So like the thought of having a bunch of draft capital just excites me a lot, especially like premium draft capital on days one and two. Um, but just overall, like how, how are you, how are you feeling about everything? Basically Jordan, my confidence, like on a one through 10 right now is like a four, but I do think it is a, like, there's a realistic shot that we can go three and three uh, after Thursday that Thursday night game in Kansas City. I think this Bears game, and I'm saying it should be a win, but it's the NFL and you think it happened. The Broncos have the advantage in that game against the Bears. And yeah. then the Jets at home with all the history we already know with Sean Payne and Nathaniel Hackett and all the comments about that, you know, that game's a bit personal. I think in Denver, you should protect a home field, go two and three. And I think that Chiefs game, really determines the whole season going forward because, again, breaking that streak, getting back to 500, the Broncos will have all the momentum going forward for the rest of the season. All the things that happened, the first three games will be wiped out. Even that, We can even say that Dolphins game. We'll, have, we'll remember very little of it. If we snap that streak against the Chiefs and beat them on Thursday night and we're back to 500 with a fresh new, uh, what, that would be 11 more games to go. 10 more games to go. So I, I would like our chances there. Uh, if we go three and three, I think that's when fans can really start, you know, believing, getting hope again, but lose to the bears or jets. I am personally looking forward to a uh, draft season by then. <laughs> yeah, I would hundred percent agree. And I just can't talk about Caleb Williams enough. I think it's honestly crazy that the only two times in, uh, I wrote this in my article, the only two times that Champagne has ever picked top 10, he selected defensive tackle Cedric Ellis um, in 2008 out of USC. He picked Reggie Bush running back out of USC 2006, his first year as head coach. Could it be another USC fellow quarterback, Caleb Williams, the uh, soon-to-be two-time Heisman winner at quarterback? I mean, that would be something. Um, obviously, I'm flirting with that idea. Uh, but the Broncos would have to lose a lot of games for that to happen. But like, I know we've been really negative this episode and you do bring up some good points. Like we did lose really bad to the Dolphins, but that could just be like a thing in our, you know, thing in the past. If we actually do start building off uh, of a win in Chicago, I do expect us to win in Chicago, by the way, um, I'm going to be there in person. If we don't, yeah. um, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll ever go to a Broncos game ever again. Um, but um, you, you just like look at that game against the Raiders and we played a bad defensive game. The defense lost us the game, but you only gave up 17. Like how do we go from giving up 17 to 35 and 70? Like you talk about exponential regression. I mean, holy cow. I mean, just really bad. The Broncos have to 
if they if they give up more than like 30 to the bears that's really really bad like the defense has some major issues um but to be fair like in week five um you have some really really good players returning you got caleb williams or not thinking about caleb williams to denver already not on the broncos (laughs) in there jeez oh my gosh i'm getting clipped um you got you got Kwan Williams, not yeah. the, not the Caleb Williams. You got Kwan Williams returning, really good nickel corner. Um, but then, like I said in previous episodes, like Isaiah Bassey really has not been that bad. Like he he did have a, you know uh, nobody in the secondary had a good game yeah, uh, last good week game in general, <laughs> but he did have a really good two first weeks. And um, I mean you you do have some really good players returning uh, from the IR. You have PJ Locke, Baron obviously that safety. Yeah, Baron Browning. Uh, PJ Locke, I still think is ready to have a really big season. Uh, in absence of um, of you know Justin Simmons, obviously he should be returning for that game. Um, he's questionable for this week against Chicago. But in absence of Caden Stearns, we need PJ Locke, um, you know, to sub in for his teammate and play very very well. Um, we do highly expect that of him. Um, but like I said, they're not all hope is lo- lost. But if you lose a Sunday, I hate to say it, and I hate to be negative, but the hope is lost. Like you're zero and four. There's no way in, in, in the AFC, let alone you got to go ten and seven to make the playoffs. I mean, nine and eight is being like lucky. We saw the Dolphins lucky enough to make it last year, just barely with a bunch of thing, different things needing to happen for them to actually make it in as a seventh seed as a nine and eight team. So, I mean, you look at the record now. We're zero and three, so that means to win ten games, we got to win you know seven of uh, the next fourteen. If I'm doing my math correctly, that like you got to go five hundred from here on out. That's and the, the teams don't get any easier than the Bears, the Jets, and the Commanders, and the Raiders, who, I mean, we, we lost to those last two teams. So, man, it's, there is hope. And, it, you know, not everything is, like, out of the tank, but a good start would be winning this week and next week. And like you said, a 2-3 and three looks a lot better than an 0-3. I think, honestly, this team just needs, they need to feel that one win. And I think the best way to do it is a road win those road flights back and i've heard former players talk about it and former coaches those are one of the best things about the nfl winning on the road and that plane ride back to home that those are one of the best experiences you know players miss when they retire i think that can really boost the team going into the following sunday against the jets here at denver and then win that game with all the history that and comments and all the drama that's going and surrounding that game I think the team will start feeling itself again. I'm, I'm telling you, I think these – it starts on Sunday, but these next three games can really, really turn around the season. We, we would even forget about that Dolphins game, that Commanders game, even though it was a DPI, and then the Raiders game. We would really forget about the struggles back then if we rattle off these three wins. I know it would be the Bears and the Jets, but really putting our stamp on that Chiefs game and winning that game, breaking the streak – I think that would just, you know, the, the timeline will be, you know, good again. Absolutely. And we're, we're obviously big Broncos fans. We're hoping that they win. We're not, you know, praying for a tank or anything like that. Hate to see our team tank. Um, but if it does come to an 0-4, 0-5, even 1-4 record, Broncos do need to consider a rebuild. And at that point, when you're trading all your good players away, it's like you're basically tanking at that point anyways. I mean, I hate to say the tank, the, the term tank is like so like, weird because a lot of people think of it as you're purposely trying to lose games but those players are not like 
going by a script on the field where their coaches tell them, oh, yeah, please drop this interception. Oh, please sit back 30 yards um, back in zone coverage and let everything just play in quarters coverage the entire game. Like at that point, it seems like Vance Joseph is tanking, but he's not. Yeah, literally like on the tape, it looks like I've said it like we saw multiple times Damari Mathis sitting back, you know, way behind his receiver and just allowing catches underneath. It's like, bro, it literally looks like Sean Payton and Vance Joseph are cooking up this scheme where they look, they have the moral victory of their offense looking great, but their defense is the one that's losing them games. And it's like, they're tanking. Obviously we don't think that's actually happening, but it's kind of funny that it actually kind of looks like that. Cause no yeah. defensive adjustments are being made. Vance Joseph literally went on a conference call today and said the players first scheme second, when it's clearly not been like that through the first three weeks of the season. Um, just kind of a joke at that point. But I mean, here's for, you know, Here's for uh, hoping that there's a change uh, this Sunday in Chicago. Um, this team really needs it, and if not, um, the, this, te- this team might be imploding in the f- next few weeks, unfortunately. Um, you you literally just met Justin Simmons the other day, and he might be on a different team in a few weeks. It's crazy to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if he does, By the way, I would say if he does play on Sunday versus the Bears, he is probably the toughest guy I, I, I know. I mean, that's all I'll say. Also, a tough guy if he plays on Sunday. It, yeah, I mean, he is going through a lot, and I also just like popped into my head that these next few two games could be like his last games as a Bronco. Like he is one of the few players from that 2016 team. That that's just crazy. It just popped into my head, but man, hope it hope his tenure isn't over in Denver. I love I love Jason so much. I don't care how old he gets. I don't care how much he's getting paid. He deserves every every nickel, dime, penny. So, um. I mean, I'm I'm really hoping we don't even go into this rebuild conversation at all. We start, you know, win these next two, two and three, going to Kansas City and get a huge upset. That's the Broncos team I want to see. Um, but with that being said, that's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button. Leave a comment down below. Let us know what you guys think about today's episode. Um, obviously, not the most optimistic episode, but like I always say, you got to have these honest conversations here on the show. We're always going to keep it 100 with you guys. Um, make sure you guys are subbing. Help us get to 2K subs. Um, constantly growing. Um, and like I said, please make sure you guys are commenting um, here on the podcast here on YouTube. Uh, that helps us out with our algorithm, helps us get out there. Um, and you know, it helps us get out more suggested feeds and help us grow our podcast. So make sure you guys do that. If you guys are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys follow you a five star rating. Um, but with that being said, I'm your host, Amir, with my co host, Jordan Lopez. To the next episode, we're previewing the Denver Broncos week four matchup against the Chicago Bears, praying for a win. Um, till the next one, peace out, everybody. Peace.